In terms of like the perfect partner, oh, this may be challenging for some people, but I believe everyone would be a perfect partner because everyone has something to teach us. What challenge does is it actually gets you to buy into the relationship again. In the beginning of a relationship, we tend to have infatuation. A lot of people do want someone who is more than same as them than different. Today's episode is part of a segment I do called Conversations with Coaches. In these episodes, I bring on coaches that I personally work with. These people have helped me make powerful shifts and manage some of the most challenging times in my own life over the past 10 years. So I felt it would be so valuable to bring them on and have some conversations around the topics that so many of us face on the path to designing our own world-class lives. Hello, Tanya. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. Thank you for making the change in time zones work. Um, I think I'm pretty fortunate that you seem to be up really late and, and up really early. I don't know when you sleep, so it actually wasn't that difficult to make it work. So thank you for having me. So today I wanted to talk about relationships, relationship dynamics, um, partner choice. This is one of the topics that honestly fascinates me. I think we spend so much time either trying to get into a relationship or trying to manage the relationship we're in. And I honestly think it is such a complex but interesting topic. So I, I really thought I'd love to talk about this with you today. Yeah, it's definitely been a topic of fascination for me as well because, you know, growing up with my my parents where they separated really when I was quite young and in just seeing that, that so many people have such struggles in this particular area you know that that because it's you know there's some individual that's so close to you in your personal space and they ha sometimes have a tendency to really trigger you in 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 some of your 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 challenges and so being able to like how do you effectively move through that um, what's also really interesting and fascinating is that everyone has a different purpose or a different mission in life. And then how do you get two people who maybe have different different views on life? How do you get them to come together and have, you know, a deeply connecting relationship when they have different wants and needs and, and drives and visions for life as well? And what do you think, because there's these two schools of thoughts, there's opposites attract. So this is like touching on what you just said. We all have different purpose, like a different purpose um, here and different values. But then we always try find someone who's similar to us. You know, when we're in that beginning phase, we're like, oh, we think the same. We have the same sense of humor. So like, what is the dance between finding the similarities and then obviously the opposites? Well, I don't know if there's a there's a standard like you know ratio of what you need in a relationship because every relationship is going to be really different. But a lot of people do want someone who is more than same as them than different. So when they write a list, you know, their their list of the things they want in a relationship, it's tend to be all the things that they love. If they value health, they want someone to also value health. If they into eating, you know, um, healthy food, they want someone to eat healthy food. If they're into like growing wealth, they want someone to have, you know, join that journey of growing wealth as well. And so we have a tendency to look and seek for similar, but it's actually the differences that actually help us to grow and to challenge ourselves and to get us to think differently. 
So I know um, in my in my previous relationship, my my spouse was into politics. And I had kind of disowned that part of me. I was like, it's not really, not really my thing. And, you know, just listening to him speak about politics and him, particularly in American politics for him, he just lights up and he just, there's so many interesting dynamics and, and I just, and because I'm into human behavior and, and I love um, learning about about people I just started to kind of open up to this idea of like wow you know he has so much to teach me in what's really important to me with with his politics that I actually like and enjoy sitting down now with him and and hearing all his stories that he has to share uh, instead of kind of going well I don't like the difference and I want to I want to separate it's like actually let's figure out a way how to come together and that actually and then we you kind of bridge bridge the difference and it makes it a really connecting experience. So the differences can be challenging if you think that there's there's no connection for you. So I don't know in terms of like having a ratio, I think everyone's going to be really different. Like some people thrive off the difference because they like having their own independence and some people actually prefer having, you know, you see some couples where they're like together for 50 years and they like the same things and they they like travelling to the same type of destination and they really enjoy having that really bonded couple experience where they have a lot of similarities. And then some people just like the differences. So I don't know if there's a, a standard ratio but um, I guess it's where you're going to grow, where you want to grow the most or what you value the most. Yeah, I guess what I'm also getting out of what you're saying is you don't need to be fearful when you find someone and you feel they have such different interests to you. It's not something you need to run from. You can lean into that. Um, and yeah, you can see it as, I mean, I see it as delegating sometimes <laughs> when I know my partner is really into some things that I'm not into, but I do kind of want those things to be done and managed. So he gets to do those and I get to get them done. So I guess there's that as well. And what would you say is the first step? This is for the single people out there. So what is the first step in finding your perfect partner and... Is there even such a thing as a perfect partner? Oh, okay. Well, let, let's let's just like, what's the first step? Well, oh gosh, I, I have to prioritize. Hang on, let me prioritize because there's so many things that you can do. Um, one is you have to get really clear about what's your why about why you want to find a partner in the first place. Because I've I've seen some, you know, particularly women have just and sometimes men as well like have this really big struggle because they're attached to having a relationship because having a relationship means success like it means that they're validated in society and it means that you know they're 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 you know pleasing their family or whatever it is and it's there's this attachment to success because if you're in a relationship it's successful but if you break up it's a failure and so we just have this you know, preconceived idea that relationships and being together and being, you know, coupled up is a better life. And so I'd, I'd, or I'd encourage people to really dig deep into why do they want to, why do they want to be in a relationship in the first place? And if it is driven because of those things, I would maybe do some introspection and say, is that really, truly 
important or find a new purpose to why to be in a relationship instead of that being being a driver. So I would I would start there because your why is so important that will that would that would help to give you more purpose to to create a relationship or to find find a partner. In terms of like the perfect partner, oh, this may be challenging for some people, but I believe everyone would be a perfect partner because everyone has something to teach us. So we can we can find because. You, you can learn a lot from a lot of different people. But in terms of what I think the word perfect might mean is if we look at it from what most people think perfect is, it's this like perfect, you know, aha, you know, great relationship and it's wonderful and blissful. We're never going to find that perfect, you know, blissful partner that everything is rosy and great. We're, we're going to find, you know, we're going to find people that are going to help to help us to essentially grow, to challenge ourselves, to love ourselves more. And so I don't, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we can ever find like the perfect individual that is, you know, the one, I guess the one-sided version of perfection, but we can find someone that we can definitely grow with. And then how do we, when we're getting into a relationship, I find Sometimes you're looking back at previous relationships and you're remembering the things that you really liked about that other person. And now you're comparing this new relationship and you're kind of sabotaging this new relationship because you are comparing just a few things. It's it's really unfair because you're just picking out a few things from a previous relationship or partner. Like how do we basically not do that, not compare our yeah. current one? Sure. I mean, that's human behavior. Like we, we go through, you know, some kind of, um, you know, experience, whether it's a job or whether it's a relationship, and then we siphon out the things we don't like, we get the things we like, and we move on to the next relationship or the next job. And then we do the same thing. So how, so if we keep on doing that without, with blindly not even going back and doing some, you know, review of that relationship, what worked, what didn't, what could you have done, you know, um, what, where could you have learned and grown from that experience and and love more of the challenges, we tend to almost avoid certain um, negative perceived, you know, experience from the past relationships. Say, for example, they were uh, a drinker and you're like, oh, I don't want to be with someone who drinks. And then you want to go find someone who never drinks. And then you find someone who never drinks and then you get there and you're like, oh, my God, they're so boring and they don't do anything. And <laughs> You know, yeah. or then you go, I want to find someone who's like really into sport and real, and then they're so obsessive into sport that you're like, they're, it's all consuming and you, 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 you have no weekend because that's all they're doing is sport, sport, sport over the weekend. Yeah. And so then you find the pain associated with the, the with the newfound, you know, um, desires that you have, you find actually there's just pains in there as well. So the wisest thing we can do is whenever we end a relationship, in order for us to not take the baggage from the last one and bring that into the next one and then take the one for the, that next one into the next, we want to, we want to do whatever, whatever um, version of, um, of like introspection that can be helpful for you to go and 
clear any of that baggage. So for example, if it's something that you've not liked in that previous relationship, if you could just ask the question, like, how did it serve me? Whatever it is, what was the benefit and find and keep on repeatedly asking that question until you find the, the blessings in that experience, then the heaviness and the emotional charge of that, it doesn't weigh you down to go, Oh my God, I don't want to have that in my next relationship. You know, you know, it was a blessing. I choose not to have it. But it's not, it's, you're not running away from it. Yeah. And um, I want to go a little bit deeper into that because I know that sometimes what happens is when you say, okay, fine, what did I learn from that relationship? Immediately you want to say, well, I learned to never accept that again or, you know, okay, sure. that type of thing. Or I learned that's not the type of person I want to be with, which is different to what you're saying in terms of finding, like truly finding an appreciation for however that mm. person was, whatever they did. I've just noticed that that is a tricky thing. Like some people can say, yes, I learned that I don't want that in a relationship or I learned that I would not accept that again. But that is different to truly appreciating the traits or actions of that previous person and not, like you say, not running away from it into your next relationship. Well, for sure. Like I'm working with a couple at the moment and they had um, a one, one of them have, has gone outside the relationship and then the end of one of them has gone, well, I don't want to have that. You know, I want to exit the relationship and I want to leave that relationship because I never want to, like, I don't, I don't want that for my relationship. And so then they're going, well, you know, if she turned around and said, well, I, uh, you know, I don't never want to have that happen to me again as a benefit. Well, that's still avoiding the, what actually happened. It's not actually finding the blessings of, of her spouse cheating on her. And so it's important for, to go back to the, mo the moment of when the, um, when she found out that, that he had cheated and ask, well, how did it serve her? How did it serve the relationship? How did it serve um, him? How did it serve um you know her and her career as well and so the more you can ask these questions how did it help her physically how did it help her mentally until um, we did this process and we kept on asking benefit 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 until she actually had this like spontaneous like whoa it because it's completely changed their relationship like they are more heart focused than they've ever been before you know she he he's shifted and realized how um how um, disconnected he was in the relationship before and he's way more present and connected than he's ever been before and, and you know, more buy-in than ever before. And so there's all this, like, beautiful kind of enriching blessings that happened as a result of the cheating. So then instead of seeing the cheating as bad and it's wrong and shouldn't have happened, she now has, like, a, a, a feeling of gratitude for it that if she just, they're still in the process of deciding whether they stay or, or, or exit from the relationship, but at least she knows that if she goes at, if she, if she's not leaving to avoid that pain and, 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 um, you know, think that a, another relationship is better for her, but she can actually decide, I want to choose to exit the relationship because it's what I want, or they, she chooses to stay in the relationship and get a deeper prof profound connection with them together. I think especially when you get into cheating or infidelity, it's such a charged um, topic. And I think 
so hard for anyone in that moment to start seeing well what are the benefits I just feel like that is so so hard for, for sure like I mean I I know what the what it felt like when I was I was in my uh, um, mid 20 my early 20 mid 20s um I had you know my the guy I was like totally in love with we we worked together we trained together we ate together we you know did everything together I went away for like two weeks and he cheated on me and he got married to that girl a little while later um but it like wrenches your heart and breaks your heart and what happened was because I didn't know the work that I that I know now and the questions that I know to be able to shift my um, per, um, my perception of things, it was a lot of time that had to pass before I realised, you know what, it was actually the biggest blessing he could have ever done because as a result, for me, it like shifted me in my career. I no longer did what I was doing. I shifted into um into what I'm doing now. I began the journey of what I was doing now. I traveled overseas and took a world trip and just expanded my horizons. It was just a really um, deeply kind of growth spurt for me because because I was so we was, I was so almost insular in a relationship with him. And then I had this like experience to really kind of step into my like adulthood and really grow as a result. But I it took me years to to find those you know blessings and so yes it can be if you're going through it and you're like oh there's no nothing it's just you know we have that saying you know time heals all wounds what well, doesn't have to be that way just because you're in pain right now and you're really struggling it doesn't have to be that way you can ask a different question give a different answer which will change your physiology because anyone can feel really angry and we can talk about all the shit things that happened in the relationship and how bad it was and you know how bad how wrong it is to cheat and we can stack up all the negative things at it and you'll be like fuming mm-hmm. or we can switch it and go to the other side and go well hang on what is the blessing of it because most people you know they get deeper connections with family you know they get to find a better and a more sense of identity as a result you know they maybe um, you know, they stand up for what they want and what they believe. You know, there's lots of things that, and, you know, sometimes people end up finding a new relationship that's actually m- more deeply, you know, beautiful than the previous relationship. So it's actually a blessing they got to exit out of that relationship. And so when we can shift our perception and our perspective of things, our physiology changes. So instead of feeling angry, we start to feel lighter. So it can you can change just because you feel angry doesn't mean you have to stay angry. It's just you consider shifting the questions that you're asking and the perspective to be able to change how you feel. And then can I ask you out of interest, so right now, how would you feel if you got cheated on? How do you or how do you think you'd feel? I mean, you don't really know unless it happens. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a uh, gosh. I mean, it's been a lot, like, I mean, I've, I've learned a lot since then. Like I've definitely learned a lot. I think there's still the, there's still that like part of me that would feel like, oh God, like a little rejected and a little bit like, oh, that would be really, um, you know, um, hard to deal with to begin with. But I also know that um, I, when I choose to want to move through that, because, you know, some, sometimes if I go through something that's painful, I don't choose to work through it straight away. Sometimes I want to sit in my shit. <laughs> you like want to call a girlfriend and be like, guys, let's just have a pity party at my house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, please, just for a little bit. Like, yeah. and then when I and then when I make that decision, then I know that I'll be able to work through it. 
Um, and I'm not going to deny, I'm not going to deny how I feel. Like I'm going to, if I can, I feel angry and I feel upset and I feel pissed off, I'm going to feel all those things. And then I can consciously make a decision that I'm ready now to, um, to evolve, to grow, because I don't want to stay in that level of, and no one wants to stay in that level of, of feeling, you know, upset and angry and frustrated. Cause that's, that's not, that's not life. Yeah. No. So at some stage, I know I would want to, to shift and change it. And I'll ask the question that I just shared before, like how, how has this served me and keep on asking until I find the, the, the order in the experience. Yeah. And I think with what you're saying, it's making me think about how we need to know that by choosing to work through something like this, by choosing to ask yourself something like, how does this benefit me? It's not that you are being weak or, you know, condoning it, accepting it. You're actually empowering yourself for yourself so that you can grow and become a better person. So it's not something that you should feel like, oh, now I'm I'm just accepting whatever kind of behavior. It's actually that you are empowering yourself so that, like something that someone else does affects you a little bit less and you can actually choose how to move forward in these challenging situations. Well, for sure. Exactly. Like you, you can't change the past. You can't change their behavior. You're going to have a magic wand and just, you know, wish it just didn't happen because it's not going to happen. You can only change your perception of how things, you know, the experience that you just had. And so that's all. And that's, you know, most people want to be empowered. Most people want to wake up and go, you know what? I want to be empowered. I want to choose my life. I want to live the life that's really meaningful to me. And so that also means taking accountability for our emotions and our feelings and our experience of life. You can't control someone else. And just because you're finding benefits, it's not it's not finding so many benefits that then you're like praising of the behavior and that it's not like that. You want to get, there's, there's a point that you'll get to when you ask the question over and over again, that you'll actually feel your physiology, physiology, like calm down. Like your nervous system will no longer be, you know, that kind of like angry where your fists like ready to, you know, and you're just, you feel like you're on, you'll actually Feel your nervous system calm down. And that's when you know that you're on the journey to really, truly shifting it. But then you you, you want to keep on going until you almost like feel like a tear or your heart expanding and open. That's when you know that you're, that you've answered it enough times. I wanted to go further into something that you touched on earlier. You were saying how, I guess it's society. It's like when you're in a relationship, you're being successful. When the relationship ends, it failed. And obviously those wo- that word is like loaded, obviously failing in your relationship. And <clears throat> I personally feel like I would love the way we look at a relationship ending to shift. Um, I don't think that it needs to always be, obviously it's a difficult time. I think a relationship ending is probably a difficult time for most people. There's some identity things. You're not sure what the future is going to be like. You know, there's going to be discomfort, but how do we, how do you see, how would you, um, how do you see a relationship ending? Do you see it as failing? I'm sure you don't. And like, how do we shift our perspective on that? Well, I mean, I've, I've, I mean, I was, I was married um, you know, 2000, 2012, I got married and I just, I thought I was going to be with my guy for forever. And, and, you know, 13 months later, he came to me and said, we just want very different things. And, 
and I don't want what you want anymore. So I think that we need to separate. And um, there was obviously a bit more to that than, than just that, but that was the, the main, the main focus. Um, and that was like super, like, I, I just remember flying home to my parents for the first time and just crying on the plane, just going, I'm such a failure, like such a failure for like, not being able to make this, this marriage work, like 13 months of being married. And I'm like already on the pathway to getting a divorce. And it took some, some time to, to be able to you know, learn fr from that experience. And so then I, I fast forward to my, my previous relationship with my daughter that I have um, a daughter with. And we, we just, um, we just got into the friend zone. This, that's what it is. We just got into the friend zone. And then this time around, because I'd learned so much from the first time of, of, you know, realizing, well, that doesn't, just because your marriage ended, it was actually successful for us to end the relationship and do it earlier instead of waiting 20 years where we're bitter and miserable and upset with each other because we knew that we weren't, you know, on the same kind of like, um, life journey and and you know being upset with each other it was actually successful for us but it took me a while to kind of process that out and to and to come to that so then this time around when you know as we were grappling with the idea of us separating we we said well you know because we have a daughter together and it's like there are a lot of like hard you know when you're when you're making a decision to separate and you have kids you know, you're not just thinking about your your relationship with them. It's so easy to end a relationship when it's just the two of you. But when you've got kids, it's just all this complex, like how is it going to be? You know, what's going to happen? You know, how is how are the, you know, how is my daughter going to feel? Like, so there was a lot of like, there was a lot of questioning. But when we when we came to the when we came to the decision to um end our intimate relationship, we actually began our our connection as a family in a far deeper and greater way like we stayed actually sleeping in the same bed, bed together for another eight months and then we still live together now we just don't we have separate separate rooms and we we still we still live together so we have so I feel like it's successful because we've maintained this like or um We've maintained kind of like a, fam a you know sense of a family units, and we've maintained really good friendship, and we have great co-parenting with with our daughter, and it's just a, a different I guess perspective rather than going oh I failed in another relationship and how bad am I? It's just like I'm also taking a lot of learning that I've done. Like um, my he's taught me so much about myself and about life and about um, how to handle you know communication and. And so I've, I'm going to take those learnings and know that it'll help me in my next relationship that I have and help me grow in that next relationship. But if, but yeah, so it's just been a really interesting, so I, but, so I don't necessarily feel like breaking up is, you know, a failure and staying together is successful because I feel like in our dynamic anyway, it's actually more uh, helpful for us to kind of live separate lives and to kind of have, um, you know, go on a different like romantic journey together, but still stay connected as, as parents. Yeah. I, um, I really like admire the setup that you have just because it's something that's not really conventional and you have gone that route and it's clearly more aligned for you. I'm sure for your partner, I'm sure it's better for your daughter than, being in a marriage or being in a, rela a traditional relationship that's like a strained relationship. 
So um, yeah, I think that it's it's actually quite mind blowing because it's it's not something yeah. that you hear all the time, and um, the fact that you could go on that that path is really quite inspiring. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, how I felt prior to us separating, like I definitely felt like, you know, I wanted hugs and kisses, you know, like I, I want, I want affection and it just wasn't something that we as a couple had very much of. And I just remember feeling like, um, as much as I love, I love him. Um, I just felt like I was kind of, um, not getting something that was really truly um, meaningful for me meant in that particular relationship and dynamic. And so I would rather, I'd rather be on my own, you know, and single than, than show my daughter that I'm going to like, not necessarily sacrifice, but not just, you know, not have a really fulfilling life. So I'd rather be on my own and not have that than stay in a relationship when I'm not getting something fully met. Um, I would rather her her um, experience and see that. But if I take like another, like I should maybe even blow your mind a little bit more. I mean, I'm sure some I'm sure there's lots of relationships and friendships out there like this. Um, but I don't I don't feel like I've led the way in this dynamic between my ex and I. It's actually his ex and him they they're the ones that that kind of really showed me this new way and new perspective of a relationship because they were together for like since they were like 8 17 18 like you know together for like 20 20 something years and they have um they have a 25 year old and a 24 year old so you know that they, they um have had a really a lifetime together and when they separated and then him and I um came together she she was the one that welcomed me in with open arms and she was the one that just you know loved you know all of us hanging out for birth for the girls birthdays and for christmas and it was just she was the one that kind of really welcomed um me into the family and then when when our daughter was born she came to the hospital and 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 met our daughter for the on the first day and you know she she's just been you know she's offered to babysit and to look after her and just and spends time with her so it's, it's she's I feel like led the way into kind of a new paradigm of how to do family so we had Easter just recently so we had her new spouse and us and her, their kids and um, obviously, he, um, you know, my daughter's dad and I are not together, but we, we all three of us went and we just had this, you know, really beautiful like lunch together. And it's just this new paradigm of, of, of how a relationship or how we can relate to, you know, previous relationships and, and come together. So that's beautiful. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And it just shows how one person just acting a little bit differently um, and putting, I suppose, I, I imagine she was putting the needs of maybe her kids first or, you know, just making that small decision to do that, how it can ripple effect. And actually now you have this whole modern modern family vibe going on. <laughs> it's a very modern family. But I, I, I just look, if because I, I love my, my daughter's three. And I, I love her. Like I, I, like she, she just warms my heart and I love her so much. And I'm like, I love her so much then I love him. I love, you know, her dad, like how, ha- ha- because she's half of him. Oh, so ha- if so I love her, I have to love him. Oh, Do you know? Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Let's not cry now. Um, <laughs> Tanya, yeah. I remember once hearing you speak about the stages of a relationship. So I'm bringing this in right after we kind of spoke about separation because I found it interesting, so interesting that I forgot them. Okay. <laughs> but I remember you speaking, I feel like there were maybe four stages of a relationship. I remember one of them was like stonewalling. Um, oh, do you know what I'm talking sure. about? Can we go through that? So um, there's a guy named John Gottman and he is a psychologist who um, did a lot of research on, on couples so essentially what he did was he, I think it's something like 30,000 couples that he went and um, and he researched. So he researched and and looked at, you know, what are the telltale signs that our relationship is going to fail? Like that was what he was interested in. So what he'd get these um, couples to do is he'd get them to sit inside of a room and he'd just observe them talking about something like the dog. So they they were you know they'd have a conversation about the dog no and they'd notice the, the the level of communication and so what he what he found or discovered was that there were four um, what he called the four four horsemen of the um, Acropolis was that they were the telltale signs I think I'm gonna go off memory but it was something like ninety or ninety six or something percent chance that you would actually end in divorce if you experienced these or any of these four, um, four actions. And so they were um, criticism, so being critical of each other, you should have done this, you should have done that, that, that level of com um, conversation. Um, defensiveness, no, I never do that, you know, putting up your guard around it. Um, contempt, which is just that, you know, like curling of you, like I just despise you, you know, like, you know, that that's like, extreme um in terms of like level of resentment and then the last was stonewalling so that's where you know you put up and you're like I'm not going to communicate with you I'm just going to block you and stonewall you so we can't even we can't even have this conversation so criticism can um criticism contempt defensiveness and stonewalling were the four actions that led that indicated that a relationship was on the way out but then obviously I mean we have criticism in our relationships sometimes doesn't mean it's going to end you you're saying more extremely right more extreme. Mm. yeah more extreme like that do you just can't seem to find uh you know you the you know like in the beginning where you're so infatuated with the individual and you're like only find good things it's like the swing the polar end of the opposite the opposite side at the end of the relationship where it's just like you can't even you know, find something that you like about yeah. this person Okay, yeah, I found that really interesting when you spoke about it before. So I wanted to go back into that. And I'm thinking now with what you were just saying about in the beginning when you're infatuated, will you mm. give us your take on the difference between love and infatuation? Oh, okay. So infatuation is we have a tendency with our mind when we get infatuated that we think about something over and over and over and over again like it has a tendency to kind of like take hold of itself and then you, you know you, you think about it before you go to sleep you wake up in the morning you, you know instead of thinking about work you're thinking about that 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 individual so the level of degree of that we you know maybe is occupying in our time in our minds is 
can show infatuation. We do the same thing with the resentment as well. Um, but, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're so resentful of something you're kind of going over. So we, our, our mind is a, um, it can sometimes be occupied. And so um, in the beginning of a relationship, we tend to have infatuation. And I don't know if it, I don't know if there's ever going to be a point where we should, we fall, we have love straight away. Like a degree of infatuation is going to, create some bonding you know it gets you doing fun things that are interesting in the beginning of the relationship so um but the degree of infatuation is is normal but it's when it's so infatuated that you end up doing things that are not really you that becomes the problem i remember one one time going on a date in my like early 20s and i was a vegetarian at the time so i get you know we go to this um place called oyama's in in um, in brisbane where i was living and he we go to the teppanyaki bar at the um and we sit down and he's like i'll order and so he orders this like platter of raw raw um raw sushi mm-hmm. and I'm like oh <laughs> I put this in my mouth and I did like one I was like oh, okay this is all right two and I was like oh my god I think I'm gonna like vomit in my mouth <laughs> like it was like, oh my god and I just left going I feel like I've just gone against my soul yeah. you know for eating this this fish when it was not what I wanted to do and so you know we can have a tendency to do things that are outside and then you know um, so infatuation like that, we, we want to kind of stay empowered and, and keep our, our sense of identity when we're in a rela- in the beginning, particularly in the beginning of a relationship. But then love it comes when, you know, maybe we have like three major, you know, if you have three major challenges in the beginning of your relationship, like you've got to go through challenge to, to, to create a depth of love mm-hmm. in that relationship. Because what challenge does is it actually gets you to buy into the relationship again. Each time you have a challenge, you go, do I really want to be with this individual? And you get, you go through the challenge, you come back together and sometimes, you know, repair that relationship even stronger than before and have a deeper connection. And so you do that a number of times. And then that's like, you know what? I love this person or this individual. I still want to be with you, even though you piss me off. And even though we, you know, you, you challenge me, I still choose to be with you. And so I think that that's when we, you know, kind of have, you know, gone through the infatuation side where we're just blinded and we're not even noticing anything we don't like until we get the challenges in our face and then we grow through them and then and then reform back together. Then we know that it's it's more love. You're willing to embrace the challenge and the pursuit of it. Oh, that was such a beautiful explanation. And like, I did have my own ideas on it, similar to what you're saying, but I've never heard you explain it in that way. So um, I really love that. And also because oftentimes when we're getting into a relationship, we think it's a perfect relationship because we never fight and we just agree on everything. And this is just meant to be, but like, really, I, I love what you said with the depth that comes with going through those challenges and as uncomfortable as they are at the time. And sometimes they feel like they are going to break you. Um, like you said, you get to choose at that point. You actually mm-hmm. get the freedom of choice. Like, do I actually want to work on this or walk away? And then, yeah, you do get that sort of depth and you feel this foundation being built in your relationship and you feel like it's so much stronger now. Like every time you go through one of those challenges at the end of it, because it is hard, but at the end, you feel like just a little bit more resilient um, within your relationship. Mm. You feel a little bit more secure. So 
yeah, definitely not something to avoid. Um, no, I mean, there's a great book, which is um, the, um, it's on arguing and it's something like, um, I don't know, it's something like the benefits of arguing or, or, or something like that. I can't remember it specifically, but it, it, it's basically because we are so like almost preconditioned to think that arguing is bad, like fighting just shouldn't happen. And, you know, we do it with our kids, shouldn't fight with each other. Mm. But we learn so much when we fight, you know. We learn so much about the other individual. Sometimes things that weren't communicated get communicated. You you learn to what the other individual wants or what unrealistic expectation wasn't met. And then you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that that's what you wanted of me. And so you just get this high level of communication as a result. And so rather than labeling fighting as bad, why not label it as like just a, a pathway in order to, you know, um, evolve inside of the relationship? Yeah. I think that's um, so helpful and a great place for us to wrap up for today. Although I could keep talking to you for <laughs> hours but um I want to ask you as we wrap up the question that I ask all my guests and that is what does it mean to you to live a world-class life oh um I love your question I mean everyone would have a really different um a different perspective but for me would be like I love I love what I do like I I get a lot of fulfillment out of you know bringing tears of gratitude and goosebump moments to people with you know whatever emotional stuff they're going through so I feel like living a world-class you know life for me would just be getting to do more of that on a global scale that's stunning and it's it's lovely because you're already doing that so you're already Mm. living your world-class life Tanya, thanks so much for our conversation today. I really, I really enjoyed it, and I hope people um, got some different perspectives here on relationships. Um, where can people find you? How can they connect? How can they work with you if they if they want to? So the best way to find me is either on my website, which is tanyaacross.com, so Tanya with a Y, or alternatively, if you're wanting to join a Facebook community, it's called Students of Wisdom Tanya Cross, and so you can join that community, which we have some pretty inspiring conversations about human behavior and, and universal principles in life, so there's also that there as well. All right, I hope people will connect. I think you've been doing what you do for how long 13 years well longer oh yeah well 12 years years. this will be my 13th year yeah yeah so you really have a lot to share so I hope people do reach out and connect with you thank you for this conversation until our next one I will see you soon at the next perfect time as you like to say at the next perfect time bye for now